Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Hey guys, I think we can all say 2022 has been an impactful year. Create and Cultivate welcomed its new CEO. This podcast hit 5 million downloads and we put on 11 experiential events across the country and got to see many of your beautiful faces IRL. And as the holiday season approaches and we get closer and closer to putting 2022 in the books, today's episode is a time to reflect and plan for the year ahead. So today's episode is a solo episode. So it's just me answering questions that you all submitted on Instagram. We'll cover planning for 2023, taking the plunge and finally starting that business you've always wanted to, and how to recession-proof your business and so, so, so much more. So let's dive right in. Okay, question number one comes from Julie P., What's the first thing or things I should plan in the new year? I'm not sure if this is related to your business or you personally, but I think putting together some goals for the year is always a great way to kind of start. And those could be three-month goals, six-month goals, nine-month goals, year-long goals. And I think it's just about putting in writing things you want to accomplish. And these can be very numbers-driven and financially motivated, or these can be things that you just hope to see happen to you in the next year or to your business. I just think it's always good to write things down. And then when you're able to kind of celebrate those things happening, you can cross them off your list and it's the best feeling ever. Okay. This is from Steffi. 
When there are 365 days ahead of you, goal setting can feel super overwhelming. What's your best advice for keeping it simple and not getting overwhelmed with a whole year of to-dos ahead of you? This is a great follow-up question to that last question because goal setting is kind of a really personal thing. I think it's always important to start thinking about things that are actually doable and quantifiable and not so up in the air, hard to achieve. I think it's about creating doable goals, but then also creating reach goals. So having those goals that you know you want to hit, right? Like, you know, you want to get to that X amount in revenue per month, or you want to make that first hire and really putting those things down. And then stretch goals are things that you're aiming for, like that you're pushing for that are a little bit out of reach, but you're constantly going back to and saying, I'm going to get there. And I think having a mix of both is a great way of doing it. I also think you should parse these out into different categories. So financial and business goals, personal goals, health and wellness goals, friendship and life goals, relationship goals. Breaking it out into different categories is a really great way of kind of setting the tone for where you want to spend your energy for the year. So that's what I would say. I would also say don't go crazy with hundreds of goals. I think keep it tight, um, keep it doable with a few of those stretch goals. Okay, this one comes from Brenda. As a leader of a small startup, how can I really pump up my team for the year ahead? I love this. I think it's always great to have some sort of reflection. By the end of the year in December, everyone is exhausted, ready for the holidays and ready to be out of the office. So I think it's always great at the top of the year to go through and reflect on the year past and look at what worked, what didn't work, where improvement can come. And if you don't want to do this in an open forum, a great way to do it is through anonymous feedback. So creating that anonymous feedback loop, you know, whether through a Google form or, you know, some sort of software, there's so many different ones out there and creating that feedback loop and getting together as a team to solve some of your biggest problems, celebrate your biggest wins and create a plan for the future future of the business. Also, as part of that meeting, I would definitely put together what every employee contributed to those big wins and how you could use them even more this year in seeing their greatest potential come to life. Okay. This one is from Aaron S. Everyone's predicting that we're headed into a hard financial year. Yes. I didn't really want to read this question. Hence why I'm tongue-tied. How can I recession-proof my business and my life? This is a great question. Yes, we are in hard financial times. Inflation is the highest it's ever been. And there's a lot of you know sentiment, worrisome sentiment around financials in general. On the business side, I would say my best advice would be to really analyze out your costs, looking at where you're spending month over month, you know, getting your OPEX together so you can see clearly on every little dime that's going out the door. And think about of those costs, which ones are absolutely fundamental and necessary to your business, which ones help drive revenue, and which ones are nice to haves. And really think about cutting those nice to have costs down and operating at your leanest possible potential without sacrificing what your business could look like. Um, From the personal side, it's honestly very similar. It's really thinking about uh, budgeting out where you want to be spending this year and thinking about those costs that maybe you just don't need. And, you know, that comes in the, you know, shape and form of a subscription that you maybe have or, you know, some personal expenses and travel that you're planning to do. Tightening up your wallet a little bit and kind of preparing for the year ahead, I think is always a great way to recession proof yourself and your business. 
Okay, this is the flip side question coming from Tanya. I'm hoping 2023 will be the year I finally get to start my business. So what are the three things you recommend doing before doing that? Yes, Tanya, I love that. It has never been easier to start a company. There are so many incredible tools at your disposal that can help automate and create and launch your brand very quickly. Um, The three things I would recommend doing first and foremost when it comes to your business is thinking about what your differentiating factor is. What is going to make this business different than every other business that's out there? What is going to be your disruptive factor in the industry that you're going into? And what is your value proposition for your customer? Really hammering those things down pre-launch is going to be a huge relief once you guys are out in the world and running your business and always mapping back to those things that you, you know, really solidified at the be- before launching. That's number 1. Number 2 is like more logistical get your trademark, make sure there's nothing else in your category that could become a problem down the line. Make sure that you're getting all your legalese and legal documents up to snuff, making sure that you have your LLC agreement or your S corp or whatever it is. Trademarks, corporations, getting all those financial docs in order before launch is going to be very, very important. And lastly, I would say really think about your financial runway in starting this business and what those goals are along the way to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a bad position into launch. You want to make sure you have a very strict budget you know, for your launch strategy and that you're only spending what you know you'll be making up down the line. Those would be my three pieces of advice. And our next question comes from Tara. I'll be hiring my very first employee in 2023. I'm so excited, but also nervous. Do you have any advice on how you pick the right team member for you? Yes, this is so exciting. Hiring your first employee is absolutely an incredible feeling. Um, And it's going to completely change your life in a lot of different ways. But I do have some really good advice on finding good team members for your business. First and foremost is have a robust job description. Um, Making sure you have a very robust and not general job description will make sure that you're getting the right candidates with the right skill set in the door. Second, I would say make sure that when you're interviewing candidates that it's a two-way street. You know, you're interviewing them and they're also interviewing you. And you want to be able to not just sell the candidate on taking the job because you're excited about them, but give them honest feedback of what you're looking for, what your expectations are, and what you're seeing for this position longer term. You want to make sure that you're giving them all the facts up front so that there's no confusion further down the line. And lastly, I would say I like to do a contract to hire situation. So before taking the big leap of, you know, bringing this person on full time, dealing with healthcare and payroll and all these different things, maybe see if they want to do a three month contract to see if it's a good fit on both sides. Um, You know, I think that's a great way to kind of test the waters for everyone involved. And then obviously you could bring them on as a salaried candidate. Just see if it's an option. I think it's always good to try before you buy in some ways for both people, making sure it's a great fit further down the line. Okay. And the last question comes from Sarah. I'm a new entrepreneur experiencing a bad case of burnout. What New Year's mental health resolutions can I make in 2023 to take care of myself? Yes, we've all been there. We have all experienced it. It It's absolutely not fun. But I think it's also important to really target and think about what are the causes of your burnout? What are the things that you were doing previously that helped you not burn out? Was it, you know, a morning workout that you did every other day? Was it, you know, turning off your phone at 6 p.m. and not looking at it till the next morning. What were those little things that helped you 
not burnout? And what are the things causing the burnout? And really thinking about how you can change up your routine to better fit a new lifestyle of work that you want to be in. You're an entrepreneur. You're running your business. A lot is falling on you. You are the everything to this company. You wear all of the hats. That's hard. That's hard to figure out how to stop doing that without it costing, obviously, a lot of money and bringing on a lot of different people. But I think it's about thinking through what makes sense for you. How do you want to be living your life? What makes you show up as your best self at work and start implementing those things into uh, your everyday. I would say, you know, when I was at my peak burnout working so hard, you know, I stopped working out in general. I was just too busy. And I was like, there's no, if I go and work out from 730 to 830, like I'm not gonna get enough work done. I'm gonna be behind on emails. I'm not gonna be able to like, you know, get home on time, whatever it is. And it's funny when I started integrating working out back into my routine, when it was still as busy, nothing happened. Nothing fell through the crack. Nothing got crazy. Nothing changed. Take the time to do your workout, do yoga, do meditation, uh, go to a therapist, whatever it is that's going to make you feel better because you can't burn out, babe, and be the boss. So that would be my advice. Okay. To wrap up, I thought I'd share a few big learnings I've gotten from this year and kind of just share some insights into what I'm seeing for next year as well. My first big insight is your network is your net worth. I think this is so true. We've all heard this before, but I think now more than ever, your network is so vital to the success of your business, your career, whatever it is you're looking to do. And I always say in my work party book, your reputation is your resume, which I still think is is accurate, but truly how you show up in your network, your community, and how you support and help those members within that, I think just showcases who you are as a person, but also opens you up to so many opportunities. And it really creates that abundance mindset versus that scarcity mindset. So your network is your net worth. This year, I moved up to Napa part-time. I've been creating new friendships, new relationships. I'm out of my comfort zone of Los Angeles where I have you know, friends that I've had for decades. And it's been really fun and really exciting and really supportive to kind of dive into a new city with new friends and new opportunities. So definitely get out there. You're never too old to get out there and find new people within your network that are going to help open your eyes to new things and new opportunities. So that is number one. Number two, as I would say, multi-hyphenates and multi-hustles is kind of the new normal. I think more and more we're seeing people monetize their life in so many different ways one of which could be a nine to five, you know, corporate job that you work. One could be, you know, your investments in the NFT world. One of which could be you putting your home on Airbnb, driving Ubers, Postmates, whatever. The gig economy is not going anywhere. And I think a lot of people are really creating that multi-hustle, multi-gig environment for themselves while also holding down corporate jobs and creating incremental wealth for themselves. So I love seeing this trend. I think it's awesome passive income is always a win. So let's figure out ways we can kind of increase our wealth overall. I love that. And lastly, I would say balance is key. You know, I think we've obviously been in the conversation of wellness and work and all these different things. And I think it is so vital and so crucial to figure out what that balance and wellness is to you. It is not what you always see on Instagram or TikTok of like, oh my God, I need to be doing meditation for two hours a day and, and yoga. And like, I need to be on these like lavish vacations. Like that's not necessarily what self-care is all about. Self-care is about what makes you show up as the best version of yourself every single day. What makes you wake up when your alarm clock goes off and feel happy about what you're going out to do in the world. Finding that and figuring out that balance in your life of 
work and life and friendships and relationships, I think now more than ever, especially in a post 2020 world is so, so important. You need to nourish those relationships and nourish yourself along the way. So I think balance is key. Your network is your net worth and multi hustle, multi gig life is the new normal. Thank you guys so much for listening to Work Party this year. Tune in to 2023 for more incredible entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journeys, real talk advice, inspiration, and hot takes for next year. Have a very happy new year, and I love you all. Bye. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.